2: And a reserved
3: cheer from the Nick faithful here at the Garden, as the Knicks was an impressive preseason win, as far as preseason goes. Kemba Walker in his Nick debut, 21 minutes, had 12 points, looked sharp. His backcourt mate Evan Fournier he also played well. Knicks had seven players in double figures, a whole bunch more at eight. And a a very,
2: very solid start. Yeah, Mike, and a very provocative crowd here, enjoying the game tonight. Uh, Knicks put on a nice show for them.
1: Ah, there it is. Yes, one in the books. Not really, but you know, does it count? Who cares? Doesn't matter. Um, so the Knicks begin their preseason successfully thankfully. Um, I did not want to have to come on here. We here, we here, Stevens. Um, I did not want to have to come on here and um, put out fires because they um, looked, you know, looked not like we hope they look, look not like we wanted them to look. Uh, they look good. The Knicks look good. It's preseason. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Um, but at the same time, we all know that if they came out there and they did not look the way that we, again, had hoped that they would look, we would all be sitting here bitching and moaning right now, being like, oh, my God, this guy's falling. What is, what is going to happen? So it doesn't matter, but it does matter. And already, already, we're off to a flying start. Michael Aaron with our first Super Chat comment of the night. Everyone's been so focused on a jump from RJ or IQ. Nobody thought about Taj's jumper in year 13. <laughs> Comment of the night early. Comment of the night very early. I love it. Um, let's get some, there's a couple things out of the way. So, um, overall impressions, because I have a feeling that we're going to have a few people listening to this, uh, tomorrow morning. Cause my understanding is that the, uh, Red Sox Yankees game is still going on. I do not know what the score is. I don't really care what the score is. No offense. Um, the Knicks offense is going to be good. Um, What is good? Are they going to be a top 10 offense? Are they going to be a top 15 offense? Are they going to mess around and get a little higher into the top 10? I don't know about that. I I would probably right now feel comfortable predicting something in the 12 to 15 range, but it was evident that the insertion, and we're going to talk about Kemba specifically in a bit, it was evident that the insertion of Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier are going to make an absolute, absolute world of difference for this team. Um, you guys know, anybody who watched me last season, I was a big Reggie Bullock fan. Um, Reggie Bullock was was very good for what he was asked to do. He's not Evan Fournier. Um, Evan Fournier could put the ball on the floor. Evan Fournier can make tough shots. Uh, Evan Fournier uh, had some tricks in his bag that uh, Reggie Bullock just doesn't have. We're going to talk about the other position in a second, but I was very impressed by just generally. I mean, look, it's preseason. It's preseason intensity, um, nothing crazy, but you could tell that there's something there, that this this mix of skill sets, whatever your rim running center is, and I actually kind of like Taj in there. It, I'm, you know, all joking aside, having a center in there who's able to knock down a 10-foot, 12-foot jump shot is actually kind of kind of helpful, but I digress. The other four spots on the floor is what we really want to pay attention to. And you can see how that's going to work. Everybody seems to know their role. Um, Shot distribution was great. Um, Overall, I think it was the offense, the starting offense looked good. And then the the backup offense, it's kind of the same thing as last year. It's Derrick Rose doing Derrick Rose things. It's Emmanuel quickly doing Emmanuel quickly things. It's Alec Burks doing Alec Burks things. And, of course, we are going to talk about um, Mr. Toppin. So that's my first overall impression. Uh before I get to my second overall impression, shout out to Brian Benjamin with another comment in the super chat. What surprised you the most this game? Also, I'm glad to be back. Uh go Nick's second seed. Oh my God. Second seed. Jesus. Um I don't know if I can go second seed yet. Let's let, let's 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 just get in the top six. Let's just get in the dance. Let's get in the dance. Uh I'd be very happy if they are anywhere in the top six. I'm gonna put that out there right now. I don't know what I'm predicting for them as far as a seed, whether it's going to be three, four, five, six. I don't know. I think they're going to be able to get into the top six, though. Um, and this and tonight certainly didn't dissuade me from that. Um, thank you to uh, Janky as fuck um, for your contribution to the Super Chat. No question. Ask a question next time, Janky. I appreciate it. Um, Brian, what surprised me the most from this game? Honestly, nothing. Um, I could sit here and make something up. Uh, nothing surprised me this game. Uh, as I'm going to talk about in a little bit, Kemba looked like I expected Kemba to look like. Uh, Fournier, I mean, we've watched Fournier over the years. We know what Fournier is. This is what he is. This is what he does. Um, RJ looked good. Julius looked looked like Julius. Uh, Derek looked like Derek. I, I guess, you know, um, yeah, I, I did I think maybe we'd see a little bit more of the rookies earlier there in the fourth quarter? Probably do I care? No. You guys know what my position on Tibbs playing his guys more minutes. Um, I don't really care. It's not a storyline that I care to engage with because I don't think it's a big deal. I'll talk about that more in a bit. Um, I guess the the closest thing I would say I'm surprised at would be Obi. I wanted to save Obi for later, but let's just talk about Obi now. The one thing that I thought really popped tonight. Again, putting Kemba in his own category because that's. You're comparing him to the guy that was here before, which is, like, not even a comparison. Um, Obi, to me, looks like a guy who, you know, it's funny. We heard Tibbs talk about this before last season even started. He talked about how the rookies were going to have a tough time, and specifically Obi, because they had no summer league, because they did not have a traditional training camp, because they were rushed through the preseason. He's had all those things, which – doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot for a lot of players. When you have a guy who seems to have Obi Toppin's work ethic and Obi Toppin's ability to be able to brush off, you know, difficult times and still come through with that positivity that we already love about Obi, I think it's a massive deal. And I think you saw some signs of it in Summer League. And remember, hey, Summer League was two months ago. So Obi Toppin has had two more months to work on his game and in the gym. And if you listen to what Tom Thibodeau says, Obi Toppin's been in the gym pretty much every day with Emmanuel quickly. And it shows again, this is not some random guy that we are talking about here. When we talk about Obi Toppin, we are talking about a guy who was the best player in college basketball for a year and who flashed very real, very um, translatable skills on the offensive end to the next level. There's a reason he was in discussions to be a top three pick or a top five pick and why it was a shock he fell to eight. Um, that guy's still there. He just needed some time to get acclimated. So to the extent that I am surprised about anything, I guess I would say I'm surprised about topping. But honestly, if you've listened to my pod over the course of the summer, shout out to Andrew Claudio. Um, I'm not that surprised because I expected bigger things from where we top in this year. Is it going to be linear? Is, are we going to see you know these types of things every night? I don't know, but it was a nice start. Um, Anthony though, thank you for your contribution to the super chat. I've been working on my grammar and spelling game all off season. Cheers to you from a teacher and excited for another KFS and Nick season. Loved Obi's confidence and comfort carrying over so far. Yeah, I mean, I think it is, comfort's a big thing, and like you know, not to already talk about something that's like not great, but you know, you saw what confidence means. And what confidence can do with a guy like Kevin Knox, you know? And I, I'm not surprised that Kevin Knox is an afterthought. Um, you know, Tibbs had a comment before the game suggesting that you know maybe we'd see Knox, you know, in some in some small ball alignments or or whatever the case may be. As as uh, alongside Julius, we didn't see that tonight. Maybe we see moving forward. Um, you know, but they killed that kid's confidence. But again. It has to be inside of you. You have to be able to persevere through the difficult times. Kevin Knox wasn't able to do it. Obi Toppin sure seems like he was able to. CT Pitman, the patron saint of the post-game live stream. Macri, we back, ready to overreact. I'm, I'm really trying not to overreact about anything, with the exception of one thing, and I've been saving it. I'm going to get to him in a second. Um, let me just get to these couple more Super Chats. Again, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much for everybody who comes here, watches, uh, supports what we do, both in the super chat and just in the in the comments in general. Oh, uh, look, we got the stage set up here. I'll I'll show you guys this. So this is the the scene live from inside MSG. So it was going to be a little different because this this year, last year, everybody was remote on the post games and on the pre games. This year, we actually have some people live. Um, I am probably not going to be live at MSG for many games because I want to um, continue doing these things uh, and and sitting here and and talking to you guys um i might hit up a game or two um so we're gonna see if we could still kind of even hear the post games i'm probably not getting any questions in this year spoiler alert but in any case um harry donor good to be back it's good to have you back harry uh thank you for your contribution as always mensa smith my main man mensa i tweeted this out earlier but some interesting um no hold on but some interesting lines Plus twenty eight hundred for the Knicks to get the three seed. Plus thirteen hundred for the Knicks to get the four seed. Whoo! Plus twenty eight hundred for the Knicks to get the three seed. I mean, if you're gonna go big, you know, go big or go home. Bet bet the twenty eight hundred for the three seed. Um, I don't think it's crazy. I think those are about appropriate odds. Um. Ooh, plus 2,800 for the three seed. Ooh, Andrew. Andrew Claudio has some money left over, I think, from his uh, Julius Randle most improved player bet last season. Um, We'll see if he puts some of that. I like that. I kind of like that, plus 2,800 for the three seed. Uh, Jeremy E., Mr. Postgames, man. I missed you, Jeremy. If RJ can finish at the rim at an average rate, I think he's an all-star. Tell me I'm wrong. Um, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. I think it's a little bit more than finishing at the rim. I think it is also a little bit. Still, would like to see a little bit of that off the dribble perimeter game. I loved RJ's game tonight. My favorite moment of the game, as should surprise no one who has heard me heard me talk about RJ for a while now, was that finish in in transition um, with with a hand there, with a with a body there. Um, that is the type of play that we have seen RJ Barrett mess up in the past. Um, someone there, and the and the and the, who are, I forget who the defender was. They read the scouting report. They did not foul R.J. R.J. finished anyway. Um, he had a couple of finishes at the rim tonight that were that were not great, but he had a couple really nice finishes. And I was incredibly encouraged by the mid range jumper that we saw from R.J. Barrett tonight. Which again, I know the mid range has gone out of style. It's it's better than 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 denim. Um, God, I'm showing my age with that with that comment. Um, but you still need to be able to hit that if you're going to be a successful wing in the league today. RJ has all the components. I just I want to see a little bit more of it. Listen, it's really hard to make an All Star team. Um, Julius Randle almost didn't make the All Star team last year, and he ended up finishing eighth in the MVP. Um, I do think RJ Barrett's going to make All Star games. I'm just not. I don't know if I'm willing to to predict it this season. Uh, but I love what we saw from RJ. Uh, Brian Benjamin, another super chat comment. I can't, all I want to do is talk about Kemba Walker. I've been talking for 12 minutes. I can't even get to Kemba. Oh, we got tips here. Okay. Um, hold hold that thought, Brian. Let's see if we can hear tips. Recording in progress. Oh, that's nice. Okay. If We'll, we'll give it a shot. If we can't hear him, I'll, I'll duck out. Of course... MSG does not have the uh, the audio on for the people who are not um, there live, so we'll just wait and see if they turn the audio on. So apologies for anybody who was hoping to hear uh, tips comments. He is talking right now. I see him talking. I just don't hear him talking. Um, but that's okay. Let's keep it going. Recording stopped. Oh, it seems like they figured out something. Oh, the listen those the staff at MSG they know when they've they've messed up. Uh, Brian Benjamin, what are your thoughts on Sims? He has better hands than Nerlens and could be a factor. I love Sims. I, I mean, for anybody who watched my, my post games in summer league, I was a big fan of Sims. I thought Sims looked like an NBA player. I think Sims is a really nice fail safe for them at the center position. Um, he's a he's a rim running big. Now, we saw Tibbs ream him out a few times tonight. To me, that's like a compliment. That's, to me, Tibbs looking at that guy as like, holy shit. Um, you know, maybe he's going to be a part of what we do here. Let me start training this kid now, training him early. Like, if you could get a center who could do specific things in the league, that guy could play minutes for you. And I think it, you know, and I'm sorry to beat a dead horse. I think it makes the Mitchell Robinson situation all the more interesting um, because to have a guy like this who's going to be making no money because, you know, I know he's on a two-way, but they could get him on a cheap contract if they want. Looks like a good player. And as a again, as a break in case emergency guy, as a guy who gives you some some fail saves if you make a trade during the season, I, I like him. I'm not but you know, again, it's it's preseason's first games. Um nothing n- not gonna go crazy about uh about Jericho Sims. Col Cologne Loring, no Wayne Selden minutes, shake my head. Good to be back, Mac uh, Reed. It's I, Good to see you, Cologne.
2: As, i do not wrapped up
1: All right, we got we got a semblance of audio. Let's see if this we can hear this. So that's what uh, I'm concerned with, us winning. So I want us to be strong on both sides of the ball. So uh, there's a lot of different ways to go. It's, it's just like taking the three. I want to take more threes, but I want it to be the right threes. We talked about that in our first team meeting. I might
2: have to get a, uh, how like a, little, a little speaker for the these. I think I can want. do that. And uh, to have a balance, uh, to get into the paint and and spray it out and make good rim reads and, um, and do that sort of thing so I think we, we also have to stress execution so it's not just pace and, it, and it's it's everything it's how you space the floor how you push the ball how you execute but more importantly we have to get stops the rebounding is not where it needs to be so that's something that we can focus in on um, already uh,
1: already team going, team going in, in on the, goal, the rebounding. Making the
2: extra pass. That was, that was really good. Uh, just, you know, uh making the right points. The game tells you, I think he reached the game extremely well. And that veteran leadership, uh, his shot-making ability. I think he's talking uh, about, about Kemba Walker now. All, that, he, he puts a lot of pressure on you. Uh, and he's unselfish. When, if he gets blitzed, he's going to get off the ball. He's not going to fight the pressure with pressure. Uh, I thought we, we made the extra uh, pass out of the blitz pretty effectively. Uh, and that's something that you, you have to work on. And so you need everyone. Uh, timing and spacing is, is probably the biggest thing with offense. So everyone being in the right spots. If one person's not in the right spot, it's going to make the group look bad same as with the defense
1: shots fired at jericho sims
2: Doesn't do a job. i think that's what he was start. mad
1: at sims about that that won't play yeah uh, it's annoying we
2: can't same, hear the question you know like it, we we talked about last year started slowly but put a lot of extra time in at night and it paid off for him and i think that's given him a lot of confidence and uh it was great to see him in the gym last night so he's back to his routine uh sometimes he, in training camp, it's uh, if we're practicing twice that he doesn't have the time to do that. But his commitment is special. He's a great kid, hard worker, disciplined. He... Um, and he'll keep getting better. He's only 21. Okay, uh, so he's talking about a lot job. of work into the game. Yeah, the, the playmaking. I think it's uh, and they can play. They play off each other really well, and so it, all three can handle the ball. All three, they're very effective in trouble. So are the backups. Uh, so they're very effective with the pitch. Um, they're very effective downhill and reading defense. And so I think that puts a lot of pressure on on the defense. And so you can get a, uh, an advantage in terms of a mismatch. And then I don't know whose shot it is. Uh, we can call, call your play. And then you have the responsibility to make the right read. And
1: then... At the open man whoever the open man is that's who we're looking for all about the rim reads baby all right always nice to hear from coach tibbs uh we'll, we'll obviously get more of him as the season goes along
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data
1: Nick's basketball is finally back, and there is no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Nick's tickets anymore. TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NBA tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NBA tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. I know with the real games around the corner, while I am, of course, excited about every Knicks game, I think I'm most excited to see how the Knicks do in a rematch at home against the Atlanta Hawks. Seeing Trey Young take a bow on the court last season was not something I took kindly to. So I feel like that is one game I may need to be there in person for to show just how much I disapprove of his antics. If you would like to go root against Trey Young or any of the other Knicks opponents this year, visit TickPick.com/slash/FilmSchool today and use the promo code FilmSchool to save ten dollars on your first order of Knicks tickets. One more time, visit TickPick.com slash film school today and use the promo code film school to save $10 on your first order of Knicks tickets. We get back to the Super Chats and then, of course, uh, going to get to Kemba Walker. Uh, Andre Talmadge, I put RJ Most Improved as one of my hot takes for the season. I'm thinking OB now. Oh, LOL. Well. Uh, I don't know if OB going to get enough minutes uh, to get most improved. I, I think the RJ bet is a fine one. I don't know if I like the odds enough, but um, you know, I, I I I appreciate it. I I, I appreciate it. Um, okay, uh, let me talk about Kemba Walker because I've been I've been here for almost twenty minutes and I have not really gone in depth, and he deserves to be gone in depth on. I think pretty much anything Kemba Walker did tonight, we were going to be sitting here and we were going to be extraordinarily happy. Just because we didn't have to watch. Should I say his name? Do I really have to say his name? I don't want to say his name. I don't want to say his name ever again. Just so we didn't have to watch the other guy. Um, look, for me, for as much as Kemba did after the, the, after the opening jump, and we'll get to it in a second, his smile... That was plastered across his face when he came out onto the court before that opening tip and he was hugging guys and he was just, he looked like a guy who had died and gone to basketball heaven. And that smile, you want to talk about a thousand megawatt smile? I mean, you know, it, you, you, you use any analogy you want. Brighter than the brightest marquee on Broadway. Um, and that is a guy who, you know, I, I was watching some clips over the summer from back when he was in in high school and in in you know in college. Um, like, I don't think we realize Kimball Walker's a, like he's not only a special player, he's a special person. Um, I don't know if anybody shout out if anybody's here as uh, is, is either from the from Soundview or has ever been to Soundview. Soundview in the Bronx is is uh, is a rough place. And Kemba Walker, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, he's had, he has a brother that's kind of been in and out of the, the, um, you know, with the legal system, he was one of any number of kids that was just not supposed to make it. And he made it. He went to Rice high school, which at the time was one of the preeminent basketball, uh, high schools in the, in, in the city. Um, and he took them to prominence, um, UConn. But the funny thing about, again, when he started at Rice, he was not considered one of their best freshmen. He turned himself into one of their best players and then got himself to the point where obviously he could go to the University of Connecticut, which at the time was one of the best programs in the country. And then, you know, we know what he did at the University of Connecticut. And despite the fact that he was quite clearly the best player in college basketball, he was still drafted. What was he drafted? Ninth in his class? Ninth in the in the draft. You know, after guys who like go back and look at that draft. Go back and look at, at guys who got picked ahead of him. Um, and then for real shits and giggles, go back and look at what the guys who were picked ahead of him four years later got paid on their second contracts at, in comparison to what Kevin Walker got paid on his second contract i say all this to to emphasize the point that like kemba walker had every excuse over the course of his life to give up and say it's not in the cards for me i'm not going to be what i want to be four years into the nba into his nba career he had a career three-point average of whatever it was 33 34 percent was not good um he had never made an all-star team he had to settle for a shitty contract, even by that the standards of whatever it was, five, six years ago. Um, four years, $48 million. Guys like Tristan Thompson were getting paid close to $100 million. Bismack Biombo was getting uh, a contract bigger than him. I mean, he, but he took that and he did what he always did in his life, which is he used that as fuel to make himself an even better player. And then he made an all-star team every year after that, from from that next season until last season. It was the first year he didn't make an all-star team. And he just kept getting better and better and better, all the way to the point where two years ago, I know he only made, uh, or was it, sorry, three years ago, his last year in Charlotte, I know he only made an all-NBA third team. But my God, the guy had like a 30 usage rate. The guy played more minutes than anybody in the league, pretty much. He was in the top top couple um averaged whatever he averaged 25 26 points a game like this is a six foot nothing guard um who was basically in the midst of a hall of fame career maybe on the verge of a hall of fame career and then the knees started acting up and then last season happened and then here we are but now again you want to talk about what kind of character does he have what kind of person is be is come forget about the player what kind of person is coming into this next organization like he is a guy who is appreciative, I think, of this opportunity, as opposed to someone who is maybe bitter over the injury or bitter over the fact that he got bought out or you know any kind of negative feelings. Like Kemba Walker doesn't have any of those. Um, it's all positivity with him. It's all the next step. It's all what's the what's the next piece of the the next piece of the puzzle. What's the next step in the journey? All this stuff. Um, and then to see him come out there tonight and just do things at the point guard position that we have not been accustomed to in a very long time. Good comment here from C.T. Pittman. I live in Charlotte and saw Kevin Walker many times in person. One of the best guys in the league on and off the court. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and I mean, do I even need to talk about his game tonight? Like, step back three? How you doing? Right? I mean, being able to just hit a mid-range jumper, stop on a dime, hit a mid-range jumper. I, I know it was um, not the best moment of Taj Gibson's night when he got met at the rim by Demonte Sabona. Shout-out, by the way, to Taj Gibson. Great game for Taj Gibson. Um, that was not one of the best moments when he got blocked. But the pass, the pass from Kemba Walker to set up that dunk attempt was like, that's a pass that I don't know that we've seen here in years. Um, I don't know when's the last point guard that, that was here and could make that pass um i don't know Stefan warbury i mean i'm being serious like i i, I don't i really don't know when's the last point guard we had who was making that pass um and then just making the obvious play um he's everything that they want he's everything that they need um flying the flying machine collective the spacing made me cry yeah i mean it's just that so again not to get off track, but like all of these, you know, for anybody who missed it today, um, the NBA released their annual preseason GM survey in which every GM in the league was asked a bunch of questions about where they thought teams were going to finish, about specific players, about, you know, rule changes, all kinds of different nonsense. And one of the questions was on rank your top four teams in the East. And there were seven teams who got votes. The top two, obviously, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Miami, Atlanta, Philly, Boston, and Indiana got, I think, if my math was correct, looking at this, I think they got one vote or two votes maybe for fourth place in the East. And the Knicks didn't get a blessed vote. From 30 GMs. Well, probably 29 because I doubt the Knicks were allowed to vote for themselves. Um, I'm not saying they're going to be the third best team or the fourth best team in the East. But, like, they were playing last season. They played 72 games and five playoff games. And they won 41 of those motherfuckers. They played those games with one hand tied behind their back. And they replaced that with... A guy who, I don't know if he's still the 4th or 5th or 6th best point guard in the league. Maybe he's the 8th or ninth or 10th best point guard in the league. Hell, maybe he's the 12th best point guard in the league. Whatever he is, he's in that conversation. And oh, by the way, the guy that's backing him up, who he only had for 35 games last season, he's going to be here for the entire year. And he still looks pretty damn good. At 33 years of age. And, of course, I'm talking about Derrick Rose, who didn't look any worse for the wear tonight. So, you know, I, I just, I don't understand. And, and, again, that is, this is not the 80s and 90s when, like, a point, point guard was, it was always an important, an important position. But, like, the league always ran through centers. Now that's the most important position in the league. And they've taken it from a zero to a whatever. I don't know, seven, eight, nine. I don't know what they took it to. We'll find that out. But whatever they did, they improved it by a lot. And then you throw in Fournier, and you prove it, and you throw in incremental improvement from R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin saw tonight, Emmanuel Quickly. These are not things that are unreasonable to expect. So how the entire league could look at the Knicks and not one person, not one team, could look at them and say, Yeah, you know what? I think they're still the four seed, which they were last season. I don't understand it. Mensa says. The Knicks were on a 46-win pace last season. I won't be lighting 2,000 minutes on fire at point guard. We're the three-seed um, CT. I swear this team is going to be scary good once we get Mitch back and healthy. Yeah, we haven't even talked about Mitch. Um, forget about the 46-win pace. I mean, again, this is a little bit of – I'm not expecting this, but if you look at their win pace over an 82-game season with Derrick Rose, after the or in, in games Derrick Rose played – That was like a 54-win pace. Do I think they're going to win 54 games? No, I don't think they're going to win 54 games. But, I mean, come on. Um, (laughs) Barry, I am a little rested. Thank you for that comment. Um, Look, I'm just saying, uh, again, I know no one's here is sleeping on the Knicks. and, And, again, I'm not even saying they deserve to be the favorites for, like, the three or the four seed. But, like, I don't know. Everybody, most people around the league seem to be just penciling them in as like one of the play-in teams. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And and the last thing on this I'll say before I touch on some other topics uh, that we saw tonight and and then I'll get out of here. And I have to shout him out. And I know there are already people complaining. Why didn't Quentin Grimes get more time? Why didn't Deuce McBride get more time? Why didn't, you know, fucking Kevin Knox get more time? Why is Derrick Rose out there in the fourth quarter? Look, Tibbs may not be your cup of tea. That's fine. The man just won coach of the year. (laughs) He was named the best coach in the league. It's the second time that that's happened. There are only two other coaches in the league right now who have won multiple coach of the year awards. One of them just won the championship last year and Mike Budenholzer. And the other one, Greg Popovich, is considered the greatest coach of the last probably 20 years. That's their coach. He does not accept failure. He doesn't know how to fail. And quite frankly, he's never failed. The closest thing that you can point to with Tibbs' resume to failure is his first season in Minnesota. And he went to an organization that was so beyond decrepit in every conceivable way and was building around a 20-year-old, a 21-year-old, and I think probably – I don't even know what, they, what the three of them were, Levine, Cat, and Wiggins – um, and he went in there and he won 31 games his first season and then he traded for Jimmy Butler and he was on a 51 win pace with Butler and then Butler got injured and he won 47 games. Like he doesn't fail. He doesn't know how to fail. He doesn't accept failure. Um, if there was ever a coach that I felt confident in saying was going to guide a team that was like, no, or the Knicks a perfect team. No, they're not a perfect team. There are no, per- there's two perfect teams in the league, the Nets and, and the Bucks. Maybe the Lakers are close if they could figure some things out. But, like, there's only two or three of those teams in the league every year. Everybody else falls into the same bucket of the 10 to 12 teams, you know, that if a few things break right, you know, maybe they make some noise. If I'm going to bet on a team that's going to be in that bucket to come out and exceed expectations, um, I'll bet on the team coached by this guy. Um, So that's my only two cents on that. Uh, as far as anything else we saw tonight, um, talked about RJ a little bit. I thought RJ had a nice game. Randall, I thought had a you know he had a quiet, quiet game. I was, um, I like what we saw from Randall. Um, you know what I love about Randall? He wasn't forcing anything. It didn't seem like he was forcing anything. You know he he had his isolations and he's always going to have his isolations because guess what? He's earned them. He a second team All NBA player last season. Um, but it, it seemed like he fit pretty well with the other guys. And I was really happy to see that. Um, Fournier, again, so nice to have a guy who could do some stuff. Um, And then the bench, you know, quickly didn't hit a three. I don't think he hit a three. Maybe he hit one that I missed, but um, his shot was a little off. But I thought we saw there was one move that quickly had where it was a runner on the right side of the lane. Um, Wasn't a floater. It was a runner. Um, And it was a move. I don't know if I'm describing it well. It was almost like a finger roll off the glass. I'm not sure we saw that move from him last year. Um, I, I like what we saw from him. Derek, God bless Derek Rose, Alec Burks, awesome. Just, you know, top to bottom. Um, and yes, thank you, Anthony. IQ was assisting. I thought IQ's was passing, uh, granted, against the Pacers backups. And for anybody, again, sorry, who missed the game, I probably should have said this up front, the Pacers took out all their starters at halftime. So this was a, what was it, an eight-point game at halftime, 10-point game at halftime, something around there. And then, obviously, the Knicks blew it open at the beginning of the third quarter, uh, as they should have. Um, but, again, you're looking for marks of a good team. That's a mark of a good team. A mark of a good team is a team that comes out in the third quarter. The other coach took out all of their good players, and the and the team that might be a good team goes on a 15-0 run. They did what they're supposed to do. How many years have we watched Knicks teams do not what they're supposed to do? Um, so, uh, good job by quickly, even if it was against mostly backups. Uh, and just good by, good job by the team. Um, they came out tonight and they and they looked like a team that was a little bit more ready to play than Indiana. And you know, part of the reason that uh, um, shout out by the way to Don Dom Cappuccini. Dom, you're always so generous with the super chat comments. I appreciate you having you back. Uh, welcome back, John. I like the defensive effort from Kemba and Evan. Um, I think this might be a very balanced squad overall. Great point on that, and I'm so happy you use the word defensive. The words defensive effort. I've referenced this with Derrick Rose several times. You don't need to be the most gifted on-ball defender in the world to be functional in an above-average team defense and be an above-average team defender. I understand Kemba Walker is going to get beat. I understand Evan Fournier is going to get beat. But if you keep pursuit. If you keep pursuit after you, whatever, you don't aren't able to get through the screen or whatever it is, if you continue pursuit and you are where you're supposed to be to the point that the guy who, who maybe does beat you by that half a step or whatever it is knows that, shit, the guy's still back there. He's coming. He's not giving up. And you know why he's not giving up? Again, beat a dead horse because Tom Thibodeau is the fucking coach. And if he doesn't make an effort to catch up with the ground that he lost, his ass is going to be on the bench. It doesn't matter who it is. Um, that's all it takes. Just knowing knowing what your responsibilities are and, and committing to those responsibilities with the commensurate amount of effort. And I don't think they're going to have a problem with Evan Fournier uh, or Kemba Walker in either of those departments. Um, I think this defense, are they going to be the fourth-ranked th- or third-ranked defense again? Probably not. I would, I would bet, just because, again, I, I think the fact that you're going to get the good good pursuit is a part of the reason why teams miss so many three-pointers against them. Um, But to expect that they're going to be the best field goal percentage defense um, again for the second year in a row, I mean, that's probably a little bit bit much. So whatever. Maybe they're the eighth-best defense or the ninth-best defense. If they could be the 12th or the 13th-best offense and be the eighth or ninth-best defense, well, guess what? That's a top-10 net rating. You're in business. All right? Um, so good comment there. Um, yeah, they look good. They look ready to play. Oh yeah. The the point I was making before, um, all the people who were like, last year was a fluke. The Knicks were, you know, took advantage of the fact that they, you know, other teams were, were, it was not a great situation and they were just always more prepared and they blah, 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 blah. Guess what? They're still going to be the more prepared team. Guess what? The the situation out in the world, go look outside. It's still not great. Tom Thibodeau and this staff has figured out a way, I think, I think, I hope, to get these guys ready to play more so than than most coaches might have them. And um and that's really awesome. Uh yes, CT, shout out to Obi with his crossover and spin move at the rim. That was fire. That was beautiful. Um Oh, man uh, okay I think that's it this is one of the books um, again first preseason game we're up against Yankees Red Sox there's five over 500 people still here got over uh, almost 150 likes um, if you're still watching thank you um, hit the slam the uh, slam the like button gently but hit the like button and uh, if you are listening uh, on Wednesday morning, uh, on your podcast feed, uh, don't forget uh, rate us, subscribe to us, review us, uh, tell your friends. I had someone—I'm um, not gonna say—I'm not gonna say where they're from. Someone who I, I appreciated hearing from say, "Man, I, I just was listening to your podcast the other day, and you need to get the word out more on this because more people should be listening to this." And while I don't necessarily agree with that, because you know I don't think much of myself, um, I do agree that it would be great. If any of our listeners went out and uh, texted a friend or emailed someone, be like, hey, if you're looking to have a good time with the Knicks this season and you want a companion um, to listen to after games or the next morning or whatever it is, um, tell them about the Knicks Film School Podcast because we work our butts off here. Uh, Shout out to Andrew Claudio, of course, and uh, any help that you guys give um, would be much appreciated. So on that note, uh, I will see everybody – on uh saturday after the game and uh one more shameless plug we got episode 400 coming up on friday you might want to tune in for that that's all i'm gonna say peace
4: out
3: it's happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust